Right. Hi, everyone. This is Anthony Diaz with the Pop Health Show. And the show is for anyone that has a strong passion for making people healthier in this world. We have guests from all over the world from different backgrounds when in relation to health providers, payers, health tech investors, uh, health entrepreneurs, health tech entrepreneurs. Anyway, anyone that has a strong passion that's doing some great stuff in this space and is really passionate about this space. But I'm very passionate and excited, most importantly, to have uh, Beatrice Aliprandi on the show. Uh, Beatrice is a investor at Talis Capital. She's doing some really interesting stuff in the space. She's really passionate about health. And anyway, I won't steal her thunder. Thank you for being on the show and, and welcome, Beatrice. <laughs> Thank you, Anthony. Uh, happy to be on the show. It's a pleasure. And just to clarify me, and I know you just corrected me before, and I, I did, I wanted to attempt, but can you pronounce your name the way that it, it's uh, it's it's pronounced in Italian? <laughs> it's Beatrice Aliprandi, but that's perfect how you pronounce it anyway. So I'm going to practice no a way. lot more, and I promise that I'll try and gravitate to that pronunciation. <laughs> no worries. So, so it sounds it sounds uh, sounds awesome. But um, so um, I love origin stories. I love I'd love for you to take us back, teleport us back to where it all started. What are the series of events that have led you to become the person that you are today? So just love to listen to your origin story. Sure, absolutely. So I think I was born in Italy and, and I think what really sparked my interest in, in, in business is this goes back to my father. Uh, so he's an entrepreneur and he founded his business at 18 years old. So I really grew up seeing him running his company, you know, with a lot of passion, hard work, and when it was time for me to go to university uh, in Milan, um, I chose to major in business administration. And mm -hmm. I happened also to become really interested in the corporate finance side of things. Mm -hmm. But also at the same time, uh, I was really drawn to tech publication. Uh, I, was, I was reading TechCrunch and Wired all the time and also mm -hmm. to crowdfunding platforms. So I started doing some like micro angel investing, obviously to the proportion, you know, appropriate to a 20 plus years old person. Mm -hmm. um, but and, and then I got a master's degree in finance and risk management in London. And, and after that, I did what many finance students do. And I joined an investment bank in their tech M&A team. Um, and mm. I was there for three years uh, and I thought um, and it was for a long time what best matched my passion for finance and for businesses mm -hmm. um and i'm certainly super grateful for great great team great learning experience uh, however the role was very far from business in in the end uh, and mm -hmm. being you know the advisors on, on transactions was not enough for me anymore uh, so i wanted to close to work to work much closer to startups uh, startups that were growing exponentially and, and were really disrupting markets and, and i wanted to be part of that process so VC was probably the best way to do so. Um, so about a year ago, uh, I joined Talis Capital. Um, and I'm really happy to, do, to be part of this business that is basically a startup itself. Because um, it, it, the raised funds were increasing dramatically when I joined. So we now deploy between 50 to 75 million every year uh, mm -hmm. at series A to C stages. And this is merged with a very entrepreneurial culture at the firm. And mm -hmm. I'll try to explain what I mean for that. Um, the entrepreneurial culture is given by the fact that um, we're backed by about 30. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. No about 30 high net worth business B 
people and entrepreneurs. So this mm -hmm. gives us a lot of entrepreneurial culture in the back and we really leverage their network for our portfolio companies. Um, and also, <laughs> we really we can really deep dive in new themes because we don't have this very strict mandate from our LPs. Mm -hmm. um, and personally, I've really chosen the digital health path. Um, I still look at everything and I'm really interested in many themes, but the mm -hmm. digital health path is really, um, you know, it's the lowest digitalization, I think, mm -hmm. matched with funerals and agriculture. So that's really exciting for me. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, and and this this is about you know how I came into into my current role, um, mm -hmm. and this has been very exciting. Um, we closed uh, about six investments in the first quarter this year, and oh, one wow. more to go. Uh, yeah, so it's been super active. It's been it's been really great, and and we've closed the first digital health investment as well. Um, so the way we operate basically is that every year we choose a couple of sectors where we really deep dive and double down. Um, and this year it's, it's digital health and food and agriculture technologies as well. Mm, mm. No, Beatrice, this is uh, it's a really exciting, really fascinating, uh, you know, your background and what's led you to where you're at today. Um, and uh, I'd love to hear a little bit more on maybe some of the healthcare related spaces you're looking at, the investments you're doing. I mean, anything you can speak about in terms of like what specific spaces you're investing in in health and the problems that these these companies that are emerging, right, that you're looking at are, are solving in the market. One that caught my attention from your portfolio is Oh My Green. One, because I've been fasting all day and I'm getting hungry. And it, it, <laughs> it looks like they have some really good healthy snacks. I just want to grab one of the Cliff Bars that's on the, their web, website there. But um, I'm totally out of uh, protein bars where I'm at right now. But um, <laughs> no, but all kidding aside, I'd love to hear about the, what is capturing your fascination? What spaces in health specifically? And if you can speak to any of those you know, companies or solutions, just love to listen to a little bit more about what's, what's captivating you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and there's so much innovation in the healthcare sector these days that it's, it's difficult to pick, you know, my favorite trends. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think just tied also to, to the all oh my green topic, the main trend I see in the market now is that really, really excites me. And I think it will be a very long term changer is really the focus on prevention. So in many different preventative sub verticals, uh, the population uh, and, and the then the consumer is really relying on technology to, um, in order to me measure health metrics or storing data, tracking their performances. And there's really a focus on, on health and wellness. And Oh My Green really plays into this because um, they power um, everything food related to uh, not just tech, but you know, primarily tech companies in the US for now. Um, and the employer uh, is is and the employers are being very supportive of this trend. So they want the their employees to be more healthy because you know in the end this uh, enhances their performance, uh, reduces turnover, and everybody's happier. Mm -hmm. um, and it's also new news that the majority of cancers and chronic diseases are just due to lifestyle factors. So uh, you know only about 5% of cancers are hereditary. Uh, mm -hmm. And technology is, is really helping us in, in supporting preventative uh, habits. 
So mm-hmm. I can give you many examples. So in nutrition, uh, you know, other than Oh My Green, uh, various apps are helping us track uh, the food that we eat, um, suggesting healthy recipes uh, according to our metabolism profile, for example, or to our DNA or microbiome profile. Mm-hmm. Um, in fitness, we can track our running exercise. Uh, and also, I like that there's an increasing trend in gamifying fitness in order mm-hmm. to make it more attractive to consumer and really push the consumer uh, to, you know, run and make exercises. Um, mm-hmm. There's there's blood, DNA, uh, fertility tests. Those are now basically broadly available to do at home and we can track results on their respective apps. That's really interesting. Uh, but also many employers are providing employees with tools in order to control their stress, their anxiety, and their mental health. That's also super important. And it all falls into the prevention sector, basically. Um, mm-hmm. You know, not to mention smoking or alcohol cessation um, the therapies. These are widely available on our smartphones. So prevention, it's really what's mostly exciting me. Um, and I think this will really disrupt uh, the the healthcare sector in the long term right. also because the spending on the healthcare sector is just so huge uh, that this needs to be brought down at some at some point. Right. Um, and prevention is 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 the long term most effective way to do that. Right. Um, but I could also tell you about stuff that is happening both on the primary and secondary care. So, mm-hmm. so you know, a second trend that I'm thrilled to follow is how basically technology can screen patients accessing primary care. Mm-hmm. Um, and for example, automate admin uh, prescriptions, easy remedies for them. Mm-hmm. But also on the secondary care side, um, mm. technology is also helping uh, for example, doctors and surgeons to provide the best secondary care. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's many tools. There's I've seen cancer screening software tools that are using machine learning. Um, I've seen patient recruitment AI uh, in clinical trials, um, super sophisticated monitoring devices, um, smart hospitals, um, new communication tools. The list goes on and on and on and on. Sure. Um, but actually, one of our portfolio companies, I think they're they're solving, they're providing a platform that is a win-win-win for everyone in the healthcare system. Mm. So they provide a platform that matches patients to surgeons um, digitally. Mm. Uh, so to patients, they provide access to the best surgeons, a lot of information up front, mm-hmm. and also potentially the financing option for their procedure. Oh, wow. Yeah, obviously through a partner, but you know that's that's really important, and it's for for now it's for the self pay market. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the surgeons, uh, they provide a winning solution because they get access to very well informed patients um, that are more likely to convert from consultation to surgery, um, and for them that's really valuable. But there's also a third win which is to the clinics and hospitals uh, because they get them higher occupancy rate on their infrastructure because this company gets called Medbell. Um, they rent excess capacity in existing operating theaters. Um, so for example, you know, in the UK with the NHS, 
the national health system, uh, you know, their their budget is very high. They're always running with a very uh, restricted cash capacity. Mm -hmm. uh, and so for them to have their operating theaters that is completely underutilized, rented mm -hmm. out for that day, that's that's a win as well. Mm. Um, and yeah, there's there's just so much happening. So, you know, I when I started with this, with this deep dive a few months back, I would never, you know, I would have never thought that it would have taken me so much time uh, right. to go through the whole ecosystem. It's, it's huge. Right. I guess, you know, it's, it's super fascinating. So yeah, I love the portfolio companies you guys are investing in, the spaces you're, you guys are looking at. And I agree with you, you know, there's a lot of it, this is about prevention, it's about awareness. Um, you know, the, a lot of the things you're investing in is also providing and paving the way for almost like not common sense, but like super sense. Right. And, you know, and, and reducing waste along the lines of getting care, paying for care, um, being matched, um, to the right care and also focusing on prevention. But, you know, I guess bring it all together. I'd love to hear the, the way that you see healthcare shaping up in the future. Tell me a little bit about your vision of maybe it's a day in a life or maybe just like what you see happening. And maybe it's just, you know, also, you know, your portfolio investments and some of the other spaces you're looking at a lot of these things getting bundled together in a, in a, in a very consumer friendly way. But tell me about your vision of healthcare in the future, the vision that, that you, you'd like to believe that we are, you know, marching towards. Sure. Uh, and I think you pick an interesting point when you mention common sense. So I think there will be a massive consolidation wave in the preventative space because right mm. now you have so many companies um, competing in fairly similar sectors and overlapping a little bit. So I think it will be massive consolidation wave on that front, but also it's very difficult for them to provide clinically relevant data that is behind, like be, uh, beyond common sense right. um, and this will be really the key factor that will decide which apps and which companies will survive and the ones that will not mm -hmm. because many of them really gives you recommendations and insights that you could probably figure out yourself um, and very little amount of those companies provides clinically relevant information that you probably wouldn't figure out if you if, if not going to the GP or to the doctor. Mm -hmm. um, so definitely consolidation wave. Um, it's, it's not yet fully clear right now how data will play into the healthcare delivery. I think the data is now, the data is now very rudimentary. Uh, mm -hmm. And in the future, it will be much more clear. Um, for example, the level of encryption necessary in moving healthcare data uh, whether it's for clinical trials, uh, patient recruitment, hospital communications, um, the, the, the encryption necessary is very high and the circulation of data and information is very key in order to provide a better healthcare experience. So this is, for example, why companies like in the UK, there's a company called Privitar. Um, mm -hmm. It's not actually our portfolio company, but it's a company that I really look up to because they anonymize data based on the highest standards and complexity of encryption. And they're mm -hmm. doing really, really well in the healthcare because obviously there's so much regulation. Mm -hmm. um, and second, another thing that I probably will be clearer as we go along 
in the years, probably many years actually, um, is how regulation will play into this because there's so much innovation, but uh, a very good entrepreneur once told me that for every industry, the regulation catches up with, with innovation. So it comes afterwards, like Facebook, Google, they're now all regulators are getting crazy trying to regulate the market. Um, but on the other hand, health in healthcare innovation is quite held back because there's a very strict in regulation, which is totally fair because it's healthcare and you you don't have you cannot have margin of, of mistakes. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's actually hindering innovation. Um, and, right. and many potentially, you know, groundbreaking startups are being held back. So I'm curious to see how in the future technology and regulation will come together and really trying to solve this problem. Um, but overall, the day in a life that I see myself in 20 years is mm -hmm. really having all my data really tracked effortlessly from my mobile device, tracking devices, and being able to interact with doctors, whether mm -hmm. it's for primary or secondary care, um, really effortlessly through my mobile devices, seeing them as little as possible um, right. that also in general <laughs> um right and also and also how we disrupt the the death tech market um right death is is probably you know it's at the end of the cycle of the healthcare delivery but it's also a very important topic uh because right now at least in the uk um a, a good, uh, you know, relative dies, and and you have to get yourself in this grey funeral director uh, store that's grimy and uh, it's right. horrible. It's a horrible experience. Mm -hmm. um, and we do everything via our mobile phone. Um, why wouldn't we, you know, do funerals via our phones? So, actually, one of our portfolio companies is called Beyond, mm. and. Um, and they provide a one-stop shop service for everything death tech related, really. So they mm -hmm. provide a price comparison website on funeral directors. Um, they'll soon be providing physical stores that are actually a celebration of life rather mm -hmm. than of death. And mm -hmm. they will be super bright, uh, super tech enabled. And then they provide the online will services and all the services related to it. So, um, you know, estate administration, uh, probate and everything legal related um and this is really the end of the spectrum of the healthcare you've got so much innovation in the fertility space um innovation coming up in the elderly care in the in the in the end of the fertility so menopausal state and then also in the funeral tech. so i think that's super exciting and i can really see this coming you know to success and 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 being really consolidated in in the consumer habit, probably like five, maximum 10 years, but it's, it's really getting there. Yeah. Yeah. No, Beatrice, this is great. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing your vision. And I agree with you. I, I think all of these pieces, um, what's really resonating. Well, first of all, the, the, the coinage of, of death tech and you know, that, that side, that end of life is super fascinating. You know, it's an area that no one likes to think about a lot but has with it the most profound opportunity to celebrate life, right? And, and, and there are opportunities, you know, everyone loses someone and has lost someone 
And so it's really interesting that there's opportunities for technology to spark joy and celebrate life at that end. And then Absolutely. on, and on you the, can do it yeah. with, and you can do it with, with uh, the highest level of respect, but right. um, I can't see how I'm doing everything with my phone. I should be able to do that too. That's, uh, that's just not there yet, but it, I think right. it will in the future. Yeah, you know, and I think, I mean, you saw us go through this, this cycle of, you know, blockchain and Bitcoin, and now it's like the good stuff's going to rise to the top, I think. Um, but, you know, in terms of like this con continuous like life record or, we, you know, a healthier, we call it like a health story on the blockchain. Um, the blockchain is just, you know, a means to an end and maybe it, it makes sense, maybe it doesn't. But it is exciting to see, you know, things like Apple Health. But there is this need for a narrative that travels you around, that captures your consumer, your enterprise health data, your records, follows it along, gives you not just common sense insights, but super sense insights that's true narrative but also these little things you may not be aware about, right? And so it's like, it's these pieces are falling in line. Uh, I'm excited to reach that vision that, you know, you're articulating, um, assuming that you're kind of talking about a, little, a few of those pieces. I, I, I definitely really am excited about some of the things that you mentioned even before on some of your portfolio companies. Um, Beatrice, uh, I want to be sensitive to your time because I know you probably got to run to something else here in just a couple of minutes. My last question for you is more along the lines of, uh, you work on a lot and, you know, obviously um, you, everyone in this industry, in this modern world has to stay resilient and healthy. What's one thing that you do on a daily or weekly basis routine wise that really works for you, whether it's diet, nutrition, meditation, or love to just hear what, that one thing that really you, you love doing that keeps you, um, keeps the engine going, keeps you feeling healthy. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I had a, a I have made a great achievement this year and I stopped smoking, which mm -hmm. was great. And I think mm -hmm. this is daily, you know, my healthy habits have been, um, you know, getting better and better. And I was using actually a smoking, uh, a smoking cessation app that really, really helped me. And it gave me a mission every day to think about mm -hmm. and to overcome mm -hmm. what it is like as an addiction, really. Um, yeah, I think this is the main app. And then I was using, you know, tracking. I was using tracking apps to basically track my uh, my running habits. Uh, mm -hmm. But now, you know, there's Apple Health. Uh, there's Apple that is actually tracking the the distance that you're running. So that has actually uh, faded out. Uh, mm -hmm. But this also, you know, reinforces another point that um, the big tech giants. Um, you know, they're really playing a part into this and this could potentially mean either failure of certain startups or massive acquisition opportunities as well. Right, um, right. I love it. I love it, Beatrice. This is great. No, I really appreciate it. I, I guess, uh, so first of all, thank you for being on our show. Thank you for making time. What is a good way for our listeners to get in touch with you if they would like to uh, reach out or, or maybe, you know, read, read some of your, you know, social media that's out there. What's a good way to engage with you? Absolutely. Uh, you, you can email me at Beatrice at taliscapital.com or follow me at Twitter at B.E. Aliprandi. So Be Aliprandi. Great, great. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Really appreciate it. And to our listeners out there, this is the Pop Health Show. The show is for people that have a passion for making people healthier in this world. Beatrice, thank you again so much for being on the show. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Anthony.
Thank you. Have, have a great one. Thanks so much. Thanks.